Hello and welcome to the 34th episode of Long Live Play, the number one Australian PlayStation podcast full of lukewarm takes and mental breaks, hosted by myself, Govinda Whitehurst, and the Activision to my blizzard, Mr. Kale Adam. If you like what you hear, you can and should review us on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and <laughs> TikTok at Long Live Pod. With that shit out of the way, Kale, how you going? I feel invigorated by this updated and quite frankly, deserved intro after 34 long weeks, it's time to breathe some fresh life into this mother effer. I think this is going to be our defining turning point episode, you know? Is this I have plans for the edit. I have plans for the edit and I think it's going to be pretty cool. You've, you're very weirdly motivated today and it's thrown me for a loop. You've got notes, you're prepared, you have surprises, you have a new segment. It's all too much. Uh, look, first, I wouldn't call it a new segment. I'd call it a new bit. <laughs> well, that's bit, fine. We're call it. <laughs> I'll take um, a bit. We're going to save that for later. It'll be a little surprise for everyone later on. The notes was more just because there was some very big news, and I'm sure most of you know about this already, but it's like, we need to be prepared for this shit. This is a uh, an industry-altering news story this week, and potentially. I, su- I suppose there's no better time than now to talk about how Every single time something like this happens, like a huge news story happens, we've recorded on the Monday. It happens like that afternoon, and then we're scooped. We're out. We're out of like we're not coming back for another full week. Or even better, we record on the Monday, and then we release on the Wednesday. But it came out Tuesday night Australia time, and yeah. by the time it releases, we are already outdated. So with all of that, we're doing a little bit of a. Uh, a kickstart to the podcast and not a kickstarter though if you do want to give us money you can do that also uh just dm me <laughs> but we're gonna change our release schedule for long live play after 34 lovely wednesdays we're gonna turn it into infinitely more lovely fridays and we're gonna start releasing on friday as of next week it does make a lot more sense in terms of news i always wonder like you know they say people listen to podcasts like on their way to work or whatever like I don't know. I listen to them most... I mean, I listen to them all day long, but I listen to a shit ton of podcasts on the weekend while I'm playing video games. And maybe that's the, the secret. Well, ideally, I try and get this thing ready to go by 6am on Wednesday. Uh, so it's ideally going to be up at 6am on Friday, at least Queensland time. So you can still have it on the way to work. I'll do both. Why not? And Why like, not? you'll need it by Friday. You'll be so burnt out by the week that was, that you just need, need us, you know? You need a little audio salve directly into your ear holes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I gotta say, I really didn't expect you to, like, go along with that. Like, we talked about that briefly, and then I was like, ah, oh, he's probably gonna push back on that, but you really went for it. Again, it's this no, it's, whole it's new... it's kind of ideal. It's kind of an ideal situation for me, mainly because, like, by the time the weekend's over, I don't want to do anything, right? But I always know, I'm like, oh, we've got to record on Monday, then I've got to edit and all this shit. So it's all probably going to be an ideal situation. And I'm actually hoping that based on how my work is, we can even record a little earlier on Wednesday and I can get a head start on the edit Wednesday night. We're all talking about shit that no one needs to know about except you <laughs> yes. and me, really. So we're going to leave it there. But no, Kyle, how you going? Yeah, really good. Smashing through some uni work. I, I, I told you this earlier when you asked how my week was going. I was like, well, it feels like nothing's happened. I've just been to work. I've been trying to desperately finish up some uni work so that I can clear my schedule for this month of video games that's coming. 
for all you internationals out there, uni is uh, is is college for college. If you, uh, any of the American listeners out there. Oh, we call it yes. university and uni for short. Uh, welcome to Australia. <laughs> welcome to the land down under. We don't exist and we're all actors. Ha ha ha. I, I thought you might appreciate this. I'm doing a history degree, as you know, but for whatever reason, one of my core subjects is about media and semiotics. And so my exam this year, or this term, whatever the fuck it is, is I get to take an episode of a sitcom and I have to analyze it in a semiotic fashion. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I, like, obviously, like, I obviously know what semiotics is, <laughs> but for all the listeners that don't know what semiotics is, can you give us a quick little rundown on that one? I'm going to mangle this, but it's basically the study of signs and signals. So, like, the things that you... Yeah, the things you see in, like, a TV show that, you know, you can use to, like, glean a deeper understanding of culture or society or anything, Yeah, yeah, like the symbolism they'll put in there for whatever reason. Yes. So, I've decided to analyse a 2,000-word assignment on uh, an episode of Seinfeld. Can you guess which episode of Seinfeld I've I've chosen? Can I get a hint? Because there is, like... 200 of them. Nah, you'll never get it. I'm going to do the contest, the masturbation episode. <laughs> oh, dude, that was going to be a, my second choice because I, yeah, I was right. going to say Soup Nazi, right? Soup well, Nazi yeah, or the contest. Yeah. Well, look, I'm trying to speak the language that the people at uni want to hear and I, I'm going to talk about the level of uh, empowerment of women made popularized in the 90s by the inclusion of Elaine in this episode who in the contest yeah she nice. plays the masturbation game right along with them that's not quite nice. a, you know what I mean Elaine was a bit of a uh, trailblazer that was she, she was she was she did a lot <laughs> she did good on her she's, in- good on she's her. incredible it's uh, my you favorite know it's really show. interesting because like as you know and other people maybe would know but I have a bachelor of fine arts and I did film and tv right I forget but that and, I, and like leading up into that I was in high school when I was doing film and TV. And for some reason in film and TV, we must we were just only talking about symbolism and like written symbols and audio symbols, symbolism in movies. That's literally every assignment that I ever did in film and TV in high school was about symbolism like that. And then I got into university and we never spoke about that ever again. And it was never a thing. And it seems like in a history degree, that's where that comes in handy. It's very strange. It's very weird. It's got nothing to do with the history. It's just a weird core subject I'm trying to get out of the way. Really. A quick aside, though, is I actually thought you were studying to be a teacher. Yeah, I'm going to do the uh, Bachelor of Arts majoring in history and then look at a, uh, what's he, who's it, diploma in like teaching. Diploma in teaching? Okay, yeah. Okay. Never mind. I thought for some reason I thought you already had a degree and you were then going to go no, do dude. like your master's in education or something like you that. You know I'm a professional dropout. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever finished anything academic? No. <laughs> the bridging course doesn't count because you dropped out of school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ultimately. Uh, yeah, yeah. I went on okay, to, well. uh, to, to podcasting, you know? I figured that was my path to success. And even, and even that, we've dropped out of that once before. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's looking good. The tricky looking part good. with podcasting is, like, at least with, with a degree that you're doing, it has an end date in theory, right? You might fail something, have to do it again, but it will end, the mm. podcast. That only ends when we say it ends. Or we die, which is the ultimate end. Again, I said this on Twitter, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later, but I can replace you. How fucking dare you? I am <laughs> one of a kind. I am oh, the king. No, no, I'm not saying that it will be the same. I'm not saying it'll be exactly you, obviously, right? But I just mean, like, just like Podcast Beyond continued without Greg and Colin, both integral parts of that show, mm, some would mm, argue at the time, mm. I can continue the show without you. 
and it will continue to be long live pod. It will continue to be made <laughs> um, and produced because I produce it. I love that you think you're indispensable, but I could literally <laughs> go on Fiverr, find an Indian guy named Govinda <laughs> to edit this show, and it, no one would know the difference. <laughs> yeah, they would. They actually would, because it would be really bad. Really, and he would really actually be, be Indian. It might be... I'm going to start... I, I feel like I need to start posting the, the things that I send you where I say, never tell me I don't do anything for you. When it's just like the before I do the edit of you talking about something to the after I do the edit of you talking about something. It's night and day. It, that was a good one specifically. That was, was a like, great that. one. We should post that because it's quite, <laughs> it's quite revealing. It's quite I don't revealing. want people to know how inept we actually are when we talk about video games. So I think it's better to leave that one just between us for the time being. Unless that TikTok really blows up. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but I think the goal with the TikTok, honestly, we've said it before, Kale, between you and me. It should just be, hey, look at this video game. Now look at my doggy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's going to be a lot of dogs involved, or at least yeah, one. I, we just need to get as high in that algorithm, algorithm as possible, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that is going to be done through a small but fat sausage dog. We've, we've determined that we need to reach the teens, and this is the only way. They need to hear our PlayStation message. Do you think there's an issue with that? the tiny, tiny attention span that today's youth have? Like, TikTok is what, like, what, 10, 15 second videos and that's all that people can stand any more than that and they're like, I'm, I'm not paying attention anymore. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe, like, we are just actually old. We, we argued about the length of this show. Like, I like my podcast longer than an hour, but I think this was the right call for us. Oh, I'm not doing more. <laughs> and half the time <laughs> we drop, like, an hour and 20 minute episodes anyway, so... Uh, we're going to try and avoid that one today because I want to avoid it. And we're going to, I think we're going to start moving right along into what you've been playing. But before what you've been playing, I just want to talk about what I've been playing. Is that okay? Well, there's a weird little bit of mystery here, but yes, continue, continue. So I don't know if I want to get the the big one out of the way first, but I'm not gonna, I'm going to keep you hanging a little bit longer for that one. But I I went back into Horizon Zero Dawn, the Frozen Wilds DLC, because I'd never played the DLC. I had a like a end game save somehow in the in the game of the year edition i guess special edition game of the year edition that included the dlc uh, and i decided i'll just take my level 45 aloy and go up into the frozen wilds and see what that's all about yeah and uh part of the reason i did it was one it's short enough that i'm not going to get burnt out doing a full replay of horizon zero dawn but i can kind of get back into it again and i i think it was just an idea to do so that i had something to compare forbidden west to when it comes out yeah because at this point, it's been three years since I've touched Horizon properly. And so it'll be nice to be able to kind of see the differences between them. Uh, and so far, I have to say, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, there's yeah. new weapons, which are kind of cool, and you can upgrade them. The story is just... It's just fine. Like, I don't have much to say about it because there's no real motivation as to why she's doing what she's doing in the Frozen Wilds. She just gets to the edge and someone goes, oh, there's some crazy shit happening over there. And she was like, oh, I'm going to go check it out. Look at that. Yeah. And then she just is enwrapped in this story and all this crazy stuff happens. And I was like, okay, well, you didn't, you could have just left it. You could have left it. That's sort of the problem with a lot of DLC. Like, even um, Iki Island is a little bit like that, where they're like, oh, there's some shit going on on this other island that has nothing to do with the threat that is facing your people. But do you want to check it out? Yeah, and I just think that's pretty standard across the board with DLC. I'm sure, like, maybe Fallout's done good ones that I can't remember off the top of my head. I haven't actually played all of the Fallout DLCs anyway. I can tell you right now the ones in 4 are not great. One of them is, like, 
hey, there's this uh, fucking Nuka World theme park and it's been taken over by raiders. You want to go check that instead of finding your kidnapped infant son, Sean? <laughs> no? <laughs> Yeah, look, I feel like New Vegas did similar things where it's just like, hey, you can just go into like some tribe and just fuck shit up if you yeah. want to. And you're like, okay, and you just go do that. Uh, so it's fine, but it was just kind of good to get back into the story. And there's a few things while going back through Zero Dawn that I'm like, oh, this is old. Like, yeah. I can feel its age. Like, a simple thing is square is crouch. Yeah, that feels weird. Yeah, just weird stuff like that. Triangle is used for too many things. Like, it's for pick up this, loot this. Uh, also, it's, it's just get melee? off your mount, get on your mount. No, no. R1, R2 is merely. It's the like okay. Dark Souls vibes. The traversal's really kind of shitty, and the mobility of Aloy is just kind of average in a lot of places. I have a problem that she just does the same jump animation no matter where she is or what she's doing, and that has a big opportunity to fix, which I'm sure that is going to be resolved in the new game with all the new like mobility features it, that they have. It looks like it has been. But I think it'll just be a nice... It'll let me appreciate the new game more that I've played this one. I'm like, oh, this is still fun. It's still good. And the combat, I really enjoy hunting mon- machines and monsters. And in the new area, in the Frozen Wilds, they are more aggressive and more dangerous. So it kind yeah. of adds that little extra layer there. But it's just really fun taking machines down. And I don't know why it is. It feels like they could make a really good Monster Hunter game out of this. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. You know what I mean? It almost is Monster Hunter without being Monster Hunter to some without extent. Without the multiplayer... Or the fucking yeah. cute little animal friends. Uh, so look, that was that's what I've been kind of puttering away on. But I, so I, I messaged you to play It Takes Two, and you denied me because university came first, which you know I respect the decision. I was upset, and we're never going to finish that game. I feel based on the <laughs> release schedule of things coming out soon. So I was just trying to figure out what to do with myself, uh, and I went and I finished Final Fantasy X. Oh, that is shocking to me. Yeah. Done, done and dusted. Uh, it took me 20 years to finally finish Final Fantasy X. Yeah, right. This now. is this is a big moment. I almost had an inkling to start playing X2. Uh, the amount of times I've done that, be like, no, look, maybe it isn't actually that weird. The tonal The Metacritic's shift. good, dude. Uh, I, I don't understand it. Final Fantasy fans are cooked. And I consider myself <laughs> one of them, but they have the worst taste. Like, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. So, the thing that was putting me off for so long doing this was I was up to the point where I had to get Celestial Weapons. And I wasn't going to go crazy. I was just going to get Titus, Orin, and Yuna and get their Celestials. But Titus is just so fucky. Like, you've got to do that Chocobo race. You've got to get enough balloons and not get hit by birds enough that you get a less than zero second run. Right? And I, I know we've talked about it a million times, but I truly did not find it that difficult. And I know Sean did it as well. Sean's done it probably multiple times at this mm. point. I... Well, I just, like, I was, like, on Reddit, and, like, so there were people who were, like, I'm having a breakdown, I can't do it, it's impossible, what is this? And it is really fucking annoying, I'll, I'll admit that, but I probably got it done in 15 runs. Yeah, okay. Okay. Now, one of the, one of the most annoying parts of it is, uh, you essentially, like, if you've ever played it, seen it, you know what I'm talking about, but you, you have to go down a ramp in the Calm Lands first, and before you take a turn, you're in kind of open area, and if balloons don't line up on that ramp, it's a... It's a wash. You're yeah, not you going to well get enough. Restart. So you might as well restart. <laughs> but you can't restart. Oh. You just have to cop it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, so I saw a little thing on Reddit, and I don't know if this is legitimate, but if anyone is trying to do this, it kind of worked for me, I think. But if you do a really bad run, like you do go out of your way to go as long as you possibly can, 
it seems like the next run is easier and they line the balloons up for you that you can get in front and you can pick them all up at the start. Huh. So I did that. I ended up getting 13 balloons. Zero birds hit me. Uh, there's a special way you can kind of go to dodge the birds that made it a lot easier. And yeah, it didn't take me too long. And then once I did that, it was just pretty easy peasy from there. It's crazy how overpowered you can get if you just focus on three characters. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's not... I mean, it's the way to break the game. They didn't intend for that to happen, I don't think. Well, I got to... I got Inside Sin easily, and I got to Seymour. And Seymour is where my first playthrough, my young Govinda playthrough got to. And he was so difficult. I was like, I can't do this. And I was kind of just stuck, and I was like, it's over. I, I give up. I killed him in one round. He didn't get one, he didn't get one attack on me. He yeah, was right. dead in one round. And then I got to the final boss, and that was so easy. Like, I was doing so much damage, because you get damage limit break with the Celestials, dropping like 40,000 damage a turn. It was, it was pretty spectacular. So, look, that's a, that's a good victory for me. I finally did it. Yeah. Deleted it off my console, and it's done now. That's, it's funny. Like, even it's weird. Perhaps we have some cosmic bond, because I even looked at Final Fantasy X this week and was like, I never finished it. Like, is it time for me to do it? But, of course, it's not. I don't know it's when not, I would I th- ever find time in this crazy modern life to play that game again. Especially considering you still haven't finished Persona 4 Golden or Persona 5. No, but, and if you're done, I will transition. Uh, is that allowed? Oh, I'm done. I, that's all I've played this week. It was a good No, one. that's very solid. I'm quite shocked that you actually did that. That's We've been mocking that for months now at this point. <laughs> and that's why I did it. Maybe just stick it to you, and I think that's one of the net positives that have come out of this podcast is sticking it to you. That's it. It's funny. I say I've not been playing a lot, but yeah, I've been playing like a little Persona every night. I'm in the third dungeon now. Uh, Persona 4. this is, right? Yeah, that's that's right. This is a a complete playthrough, though, you'll note. This is following a guide, doing every quest. So it's going to take me longer, but it's going to be the complete deal. I will see everything Well, it's pretty chill. I'm pretty jealous of the little platter you're going to get out of it. If I get it. There's still a random element. But uh, I'm not even listing that in our doc because I think that I'm literally going to be playing this for like six or seven months at this rate. <laughs> Wait, what's, the, what's the random element for the Platinum? The hardcore reset, resay uh, trophy where you've got to hear every line of dialogue she's got. They reckon like even if you are playing in a specific way to make her comment on every possible situation in combat, it might not happen. Oh, that's yeah. so rough. It's really tough. It's like a notorious trophy. Like, it's it's a truly fucked one. Yeah, okay, well, fingers crossed you don't get it. But the, the surprise for me this week was I started playing Prey. Yeah, you told me to play Prey. Yeah, Bethesda uh, Softworks, um, Arcane Studios, actually. This is now a Xbox exclusive. We're going to be talking about Xbox exclusives extensively. Yeah, this uh, is the one episode where it's okay that we talk a lot about Xbox. Yeah, and now, full disclosure, I'm playing this on PC. It's a it's on PlayStation, so you can do that. Nothing I will say. Is <laughs> was this spurred by our conversation about Gary Witter last week and how he was a writer on Prey? I think it might have been. I actually think it might have been. Like, it kind of got stuck in my head. I played this in 2017 on PS4, and I kind of bounced off it. Like, it's a little bit scary, but not. Like, it's, it's like... It's Bioshock. It's literally like Bioshock where I, I played the intro to Bioshock and was too scared to get out of the bathosphere. Like, uh, was the it the scary, bathosphere? I, uh, the scary across the front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you got to the shotgun bit because the shotgun bit's really early in Bioshock yeah. and it's just a spotlight on you and then darkness and things running out of the darkness and you have a shotgun. And like Bioshock, like I just came back to it one day and was like, this is totally fine and beat the whole thing. But with 
Prey. Prey's a little scarier, though, I will say. Uh, have you seen it at all? Like, do you know anything about this game? I, I think I've seen little p- bits and pieces, but I know very, very little about it. So, it's the pitch is it's Bioshock in space, uh, and there's an alien element. Instead of splices, you've got this alien called the Typhon, and they've infected this space station. The, in their base form, they're these mimics, and if you can imagine like something like Bioshock, like you walk into a room... And anything in the room and everything is interactable. So you can like pick up a bottle and throw it on like on the ground. Like there's chairs that can be kicked over. There's like a physics engine. Any of them can be an alien. So like the alien oh, can no just... matter what size, like could be a yeah. tiny little bottle. Okay. The bigger ones can like turn into other things, but like it really rewards you paying attention. Like if you walk into a room and look at a desk and there's two coffee cups next to each other, you're like, why would there be two coffee cups on one desk? Or like maybe they'll wiggle a little bit, like. Ah. Yeah, but lots of jump scares like that. And it's, yeah, it's just really good. It's got a really interesting story, really well told. So it's a first person, like, yeah. shooter, yep. right? Yeah. No dual wielding. Do you have powers or anything like in Bioshock? Yeah, yeah. So the, the trick is, like, you use this, um, again, so Bioshock, like, you have this psychoscope that you can use to, like, analyze the aliens. And the more you analyze them, you can start, like, injecting their blood into you to, like, get some of their powers. Okay, it's like okay. the very you know Bioshock-y. the kind of like the research in Bioshock where the you would photos. use the little yeah. yeah. But the trick is the station has like defenses, like turrets that can be hacked and everything like that. If you let's use the term splice yourself enough, the station starts to see you as an alien. So there's sort of like two paths: uh-huh. you can stay human or becoming like more alien is like totally broken and is you're kind of incentivized to do it. But it means, like, the, the turrets will start shooting at you and stuff as you go yeah, through. Yeah, they'll start to detect you and, like, doors will lock for you now and, like, different things. But it's just, like, I think the coolest part of it is that every... So, it's a space station and there's... Let's say there's a hundred people that were on board when everything went down. Every single person is accounted for. They have a name and they have relationships with other people and you can use a system to find their body wherever they are. And that can help you with like different quests. So it could be like, hey, the head of security had a key to the armory. And then you can use a computer to find out that he got blown out an airlock and you can go out of the airlock and just find their body. Oh, and it's that's, that's really, kind of cool. Yeah, it really like rewards you thinking and like... It seems like it kind of rewards you digging into all the logs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. That a lot got, of people probably just get and never pay any attention to, you know? Yeah. And it's got really good audio diaries and just... It's really good. If, if there are yeah, some nice. weak weaknesses, the combat isn't incredible. Like, it's kind of like Bioshock, like where it's not a first-person shooter. Yeah, I was going to say, going back to Bioshock, I feel like w- would feel not as great as I remember it in my brain. Yeah. It's not a deal breaker, but it's like, it's not Call of Duty. I think, yeah, this was 2017, so it was nearly Horizon Zero Dawn. It's a little bit more modern than that. Okay, for some reason in my mind, Prey was way older. Uh, So it was. It's like a remake or something. There was an older Prey. But yeah, highly recommended. I think I'm actually like halfway through it. I think I put like six or seven hours into it. Okay, well, look, we should definitely get back to the text too, if we can, because I think we're so close to finishing it. We have... Jesus. A week. We have a week. and Or well, 10 days. Jumped into Ghost of Tsushima as well. Finished it. Finished the story. Mm-hmm. Turns mm-hmm. out I had literally two missions left. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it seemed like you were really close, especially once you get to that last area. Like, there's not lots to do there. 
when I started playing it, I got... Oh, that's kind of a spoiler. But anyway, uh, jumped right in, finished it. And now I'm just doing the Platinum Cleanup. And it's such a treat to just clear that map. And I just listen to podcasts and, like, just follow the wind, gather shit. It's Honestly, so good. it's something that I, I kind of, like... Playing Horizon Zero Dawn, Frozen Wilds, I was even thinking about Ghost of Tsushima, and I really hope that they can integrate some of that incentivized not going into your map stuff. Like, yeah. like there's birds that'll lead you to special items, the wind will show you which way to go. I love that about Ghost of Tsushima, where it's like, you very rarely need to go into your map if you don't want to. You can kind of get around without needing to. I the like one, what I really, like, I've always appreciated this, but I was just thinking about it earlier today. Like, every collectible has a second purpose. So, like, you get the fox shrines and that lets you unlock more charm slots or you get the flowers and that lets you get armor dies or you get the banners and you get the new saddle like there's like yeah. a bonus for every collectible it's so they good. were always really good at that too and i really enjoyed that when you were going to do a side mission you could look on the map and see what the side mission was and would be like this is what you're going to get for it yeah yep like just this is exactly what you're going to get and you're like oh that's that's what i want and you go do it because that's you get the reward you want to get and they did a lot of good stuff in that the even just like the visual navigation where you could look in the distance and see like steam. So, you know, there's a there's a hot spring there or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like you really can just look around and figure out what you're doing and where you're going most of the time. So, yeah, I think that will... That'll probably take me to um Dying Light. Hopefully I can finish it up by then. I've got a lot to do, though. Like I think I've got three more of those like sub-story quests to finish off. I've got to get all collectibles, clear the whole map. Like I've got a lot of work to do, but I'm looking forward to it. Nice. All right. Look at that. We did play some stuff this week, didn't we? It's funny because I definitely thought that we didn't, but here we are. <laughs> so we've got a couple of like just quick little things to get into, some quick hits, and then we're going to dive into the Blizzard Activision thing. So just really quickly, this, I don't know if you saw this, but there was the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves uh, collection launch trailer. No, mainly because I know what these games are and I didn't feel a need to watch a trailer about the games I already know. When you get a second, watch it. I was, like, completely reminded how fucking good this series is. I think, like, I just kind of take it for granted a little bit. But this trailer is so good. It's, like, the same characters, same kind of timeline. They've just mashed it together so well. I was like, oh, I think I'm actually playing these games again off the back of this trailer. <laughs> okay, okay, you've piqued my interest, and we're going to take a quick time out, so I'm going to watch the trailer right now. Give All me a right. sec. Yeah, it looks good. I, uh, <laughs> looks great. <laughs> Look, I'm probably not going to play them anytime soon if they're coming out. They come out in like four days and I'm just, it's not happening. But someday you'll buy it and through the powers of transferring, I will play it for free. You said it last week. These are coming to PlayStation Plus. You just wait till then. Yeah, pretty much. And I think it's a, might be a year or two before it happens, but they'll get there. And I'm excited for when that happens. I know you're excited for this little uh, little tidbit. Uh, what do you think about this reporting that Battlefield 2042, your favorite game of last year, could possibly go free to play? Uh, I think they are absolutely scrambling to recover <laughs> from what is probably one of the worst launches, not for this franchise, but I just mean like historically one of the worst launches in history. It's rough. Maybe... Like, No Man's Sky is maybe up there, but that was also from a developer we'd never heard of in a franchise we'd never heard of before. So it was probably more expected, whereas this, they led us to believe that this game was going to be lit, and it's fucked. <laughs> like, it is just a broken, stripped-down version of a game that we all used to love, and it is very, 
very obvious that they don't know how to fix it. I did like just the most cursory look into this. Like I went to the subreddit on the weekend and I just like kind of had a look at some patch notes and stuff. And they have not done much since we last played it like more than a month ago. Well, they did go on break for Christmas. Well, that's true. Holidays. But it's like they so. did a tiny little update when they first got back. And it was like to fix up the leaderboards or something to make them look better. And it's just like, uh, what the fuck is mail. happening? Uh, yeah, they didn't do. They haven't done much since December, but they were like, honestly, they were kind of transparent. They're like, we're gonna do this update, and then we'll see you in late January, and that's kind of where we are now. I think a patch came out recently, but for just stability, that's fair. But I think this game is so far gone from just being able to be patched to be fixed. Yeah, like uh, uh, removed from it now. You look back, and the maps are really bad, like poorly designed, really barren destruction. Way too big. Destruction exists, but not like it used to. Like, it's not the same. Like, I watched uh, someone playing it and a drone, like, hits the building and it explodes and the building is just completely intact. And I'm thinking back to when we were playing Battlefield Five in, like, the little French village and the building you're in is actually collapsing on you. And I just feel like that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Uh, the guns are just whatever. They're fine, but there's not many of them. It just seems like they really lost their way. And from little videos I've seen on YouTube of people going through, like, the story of this game, what happened, like, it seems like they didn't actually start developing this battlefield until about 11 months before it got released. That's wild. Like, they were going through iterations of it being a battle royale and it being a hero shooter, and, like, they were going through all these iterations, and eventually they just kind of blew it, and were like, fuck, we need to do this. (laughs) And that's why it just feels really unfinished and, like, not well thought out, and it's a kind of just a bad game and i don't know what they do to fix it well i think this is going to be an ongoing story for us so we'll keep going we've got a lot to get through but uh, yeah it's um we're going to be coming back to this a lot this year i have a feeling yeah this is tragic i want my money back (laughs) uh well how about this uh we might have a possible ghostwire tokyo release date and it is allegedly the 24th of march which is quite soon Oh, that's, that's a little bit more tangible. It's not the last day of the quarter. It's just like th- four days, five, six days before the end of the quarter. So this is not confirmed. What this was, uh, was uh, a couple of websites have managed to confirm this. But it's like, you know how you go to the pre-order page on the PlayStation Store? And it'll yeah. like, you know, take you to a special screen. They've gotten to this screen that has a release date and it's the 24th of March. I tried it. I couldn't get it to work, mm-hmm. but... It's been verified. Like, several people have taken screenshots of yeah, this. Yeah, okay. Maybe it's a regional thing. It's weird, though. It, possibly they're going to announce it at the like the next day to play that they have for Horizon, potentially. But it seems really strange to be like, here it is. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of have the feeling it's going to be one of those games. This is, what, our last Bethesda game? And we're just they're just going to crap it out and leave it, yeah. I think. it's um, That's so true. Uh, yeah, hopefully it's good. It looks, it's interesting enough. Like, my interest is peaked, but it's a definitely a, like, I don't know enough about it. So hopefully they tell us a little bit more. We'll yeah, see. I wonder if Microsoft's going to do the little dodgy on us and just be like, there you go. It's what it is. Bye. No more support. <laughs> Speaking of Microsoft. Time, time for the for news, the we, news care we care about. In a move that has rocked the gaming industry to its very core, Xbox has acquired publisher Activision Blizzard. The acquisition is one of the largest in media history, costing Xbox, which is a vertical of Microsoft, in case you didn't somehow already know that, the astronomical sum of 68.7 billion US dollary dues, that's worth around 95 bill down under. 
Pundits and the chattering classes have worked themselves into a frenzy trying to analyse just exactly what all this means in the days since the announcement. Now, let us wade into the morass and offer our own lukewarm takes. Govinda, this is a piece of long-form journalism from Kale. I've divided this story into five segments so that we can have a chance to talk about it. There's so much going on here. Uh, First of all, I just have to say... And again, we're like a week late because of the way we do this show, but I'm so sick of like people reporting this story, right? $68.7 billion. And they just call it 70. They just round up to 70. Like it's like <laughs> 70 Like $1.3 billion is a yeah. shitload of money. You're talking about life-changing generational money for dozens of families. That that roundup that they do, <laughs> it's like oh, it's an astronomical figure. Like I guess Call is. of Duty is a straight up cash cow, but the amount of fucking money that they put there is ridiculous. So in like three sentences or less, lukewarm take. How do you feel about it? Top level. Go. Oh, so I was gonna save my lukewarm take for a little bit later. Um, in case people didn't figure this out, we talk about lukewarm takes in the intro every single week, and we are yet to have one lukewarm <laughs> take. So we're gonna. <laughs> I'm introducing lukewarm takes, and I don't know if it is something I should probably save for a little bit later, but I'm going to go for it right now. Go on. This acquisition was not to beat Sony in a console war. It was a battle for the metaverse. Oh, I didn't think you were going to go that way. Do we want to expunge upon that, expound, or shall we just leave it at Uh, that? We can leave it at that if you want. I just think that there is, uh, there's obviously big games here. So Call of Duty, a giant franchise, year on year is just selling like hotcakes but then you've also got like World of Warcraft, which is the most well-known, maybe not the most popular anymore, but one of the most well-known MMORPGs, which is very uh, metaverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And then you've also got just Microsoft. And sure, it's under Xbox, but Microsoft is a huge tech player and the metaverse is heating up. And I think this is a play for that. I actually just to have Just to have things to use, yeah. We'll probably get into it. I don't. Even, I haven't read yeah, this, yeah, what yeah. you've written here. We'll just so that's we'll that's it. what I'm going to leave as my loop. Yeah, yeah. For the we'll leave it top level for me. I think this is the death blow to the AAA release, like the what we know, what we've always lived under. I think this is the beginning of the end. Like, oh this yeah, is, I think this is uh, this is literally going to change the industry for sure. Yeah, big, like big now now we move into the Netflix era, the subscription model yeah, of video for games. sure. And that just the way that that kind of killed your your high budget, high concept movies that were not based around superheroes. Yeah, uh, this will do a very similar thing, which it might have pros and cons. Like you might start reintroducing like double A games and stuff again back into the mix. Yeah, uh, but it's a uh, Interesting time. Yeah, just to finish that out, like, I don't think that means this is fucking the worst thing for video games. Like, some of the best TV shows I've ever seen have been on Netflix. <laughs> so, like, this is, doesn't mean necessarily apocalypse, but it's going to be a big change. Yeah, look, I, I don't like where this is going. We'll wrap up at the end. Let's keep moving. There's a lot to get through. So, next, I want to look at the following franchises, which will now, because of this deal, become Xbox first-party series. But it should be noted that that doesn't necessarily mean they will be exclusive to Xbox. Okay, so we're going to go through it. And as you said, off mic, there's a lot of trash in here. So we'll just we'll kind of move through. <laughs> so we have Blur. Never heard of it. Caesar. I think I've played one of those. Call of Duty. <laughs> What's that? Uh, yeah, that's a video game. <laughs> Candy Crush. Never. In a, I've played it, but like, no. 
in the greatest fuck you to PlayStation Sony, Crash Bandicoot. Oh, yeah. We have Diablo, or Diablo, if you're a heathen. DJ Hero. Uh, Empire Earth, which was a good alternative to Age of Empires. I actually played Empire Earth. Gabriel Ooh. Knight, uh, Geometry Wars, Guitar Hero. Dead now, mm-hmm. but once upon a it time. It might come back now. Uh, we have Gun. We have Hearthstone, or Hearthstone. We have... Uh, the Hearth. I think, it's the, I think it's Hearthstone. I, I want to say Hearthstone, but it makes me feel pretentious. Yeah, yeah. You are, though. You yeah, know, I, I am. You study history. Heroes of the Storm. Hexen. Mm-hmm. I played mm-hmm. Hexen on Nintendo 64. That's a, that's a deep cut. Interstate 76. King's uh-huh. Quest. Uh-huh. Laura Bow Mysteries. The Lost Vikings. Played that one on Super Nintendo. Overwatch. That's a fucking big get. That is a big get. It will never be exclusive. It's too much of a big... I, I don't see it happening, but continue. Phantasmagoria is one of the scariest horror series I've ever played, specifically one of them. Pitfall, Police Quest, Prototype. That could come that back. That could come back. Uh, oh, quest, oh, quest for Glory, Singularity, Skylanders, Soldier of Fortune, Space Quest, Spyro the Dragon, Starcraft. That's actually massive too. Starcraft is massive, but like I feel like the last Starcraft that came out kind of was a little bit flat, and people still play like Starcraft 2. I think that's the last Starcraft. There's just been expansions to it. Oh, okay. That doesn't matter. <laughs> that's not our beat. We don't need to worry about that. We can yeah, okay. move on. This is on a computer, guys. This is where you click yeah, in with yeah, a mouse. Yeah. It's useless. It's a waste of time. We have Time Shift. We have Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. We have uh-huh. True Crime, Warcraft, uh-huh. World of Warcraft, uh-huh. and everyone's favorite, Zork. <laughs> What's Zork? No I don't idea. even answer it. It doesn't matter. So I said this before because I saw a different list and it was not a list of games that were owned by them uh, based on this acquisition, but it was a list of developers. Yeah. I'm going to read you the developers that Microsoft is going to get in this 68.7 billion US dollar acquisition. Just want to re- reiterate that. They got Treyarch, known for Call of Duty. They got Raven, known for Call of Duty. They got High Moon Studios, which was known for like the Transformers, War for Cybertron, Dark Moon, Fall of Cybertron, whatever, and Call of Duty. And Destiny, apparently. A little and bit. And some Destiny stuff, and some Destiny stuff. They also got uh, Beanox, which is known for Skylanders and, you guessed it, Call of Duty. Now, they also did Crash Bandicoot 4 and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 to remake, remaster business. Oh. Uh, they also got Sledgehammer Games, which, you guessed it, Call of Duty. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they got a company called Demonware, which I thought was a developer, but you know what they do? They literally make matchmaking software. That's for all Call of Duty? they do. <laughs> yeah. They've got that Toys for Bob, which does like Skylanders and stuff, I'd imagine. They did both Crash Bandicoot 4 and Spyro Reignited Trilogy. So that, that's actually pretty solid. And the uh, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Oh, okay. So, well, then when I said Beanox did Crash Bandicoot 4, I guess they only did it. They did additional work. Sorry, it even says it here. They did additional work. So, okay. really, they just do Call of Duty. Uh, they don't make their own games at all. They look like they're just a co-developer. And so, I look at this list on an overview of the games that they got and the developers that they've obtained. Yeah. And I don't see the value. Oh, sorry, sorry. I forgot the biggest one. One of the biggest ones. They've got Blizzard Entertainment. Oh yeah, shit. Blizzard, right? that's the, <laughs> yeah. that is Blizzard is the big one for sure, that's, so and that's, obviously Call of Duty. And for some reason, if you didn't know, that's Warcraft, that's Diablo, that's uh, others. <laughs> Warcraft, World of Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch. Yeah, sorry, Overwatch. That's what I was. That's that's pretty with. much pretty much all they do. They also yeah. have the um, online store, so that's probably part of the acquisition as well. Yeah, sorry. So that also means they have they 
StarCraft. They also do StarCraft. <laughs> they do StarCraft as well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So now I look at this and I'm like, there's some big hitters in there for sure, but there's a lot of trash. There's like four Call of Duty developers in there. And I just want to point out that when Marvel, when Disney bought Marvel, it was $4 billion. Yeah. Wasn't and um, made. Yeah, yeah. And wasn't like Star Wars like just under $4 billion as well? Like Yeah. So just like, think about that. You can get Marvel and Star Wars and still have almost, you know, $50 billion left over rounding up. Rounding so this down. is an absolutely obscene acquisition, mainly just because of how much they paid for it. And I would strongly argue that they heavily overpaid. But they had to. That's how they got this done. They just threw an unbelievable wallet at Bobby Kotick's ball sack. And that's why my lukewarm take was that this was not about a console war. This was about something much bigger, is that they are throwing huge dicks around in the form of money. Speaking of huge dicks, and I mean that in the uh, not literal sense, but the societal image sense, embattled Activision boss and one of the internet's favourite whipping boys, Bobby Kotick, will reportedly step down after this deal is sealed. He is, of course, the CEO of... The CEO of frat boy culture and sexual assault. (laughs) Bobby Kotick will reportedly step down after the deal is sealed, proving that the rich always win. Activision Blizzard and Kotick personally have been embroiled in sexual harassment and toxic workplace controversy for the past year. Rather than attempting to fix the culture at the company, as he had previously pledged to do, Kotick stands to personally make $400 million from the sale and will instead ride off into the sunset, laughing all the while. All last year we were talking about this shit. Just like how bad things were, like what a nightmare. This this is the best ending for Bobby Kotick. You could <laughs> really is. It's outrageous. <laughs> it's like he not only does he make a shitload of money, but he also like he he was in a situation where he was potentially gonna be told to stand down and get nothing. Like surely yeah. something, because he was a founder. But now he just gets to cash in and check out. He almost can't come up with this stuff. Like, it's everything he wins. Like, he doesn't have to deal with any of the fallout. He doesn't have to do any of the work. He makes, again, life-changing generational wealth that he does not Not that he didn't have it already. But surely, like, lawsuits are coming, surely, something? I didn't actually add this, but I think it kind of slots in here well. Like, when all the stuff was going on last year, like the reports that were coming out, you know, all the allegations and things... Apparently, Bobby Kotick considered buying video game websites Kotaku and PC Gamer, which is pretty wild as well. That's just come out, like, the last few days. Like, like that's what he's thinking of doing with his $400 million? That's what he was thinking of doing before. Okay, okay. Like, and that could have been a strategy for him. To before be like, hey, the fan. Well, yeah, like, just imagine the propaganda spin. Suddenly, Kotaku's like, actually, employees at Activision Blizzard are really happy. <laughs> They're really productive. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I don't think it's exactly that simple, but it's not a good look when you're like that. And again, not to say, you know, Kotaku or PC Gamer aren't, didn't do a good job of covering it, but like the fact that that was even an option that he could buy websites like that, like it's outrageous. What an acquisition. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, this is just crazy. It really goes to show that some companies just have like way too much money. And I I should say, like, for me personally, like, I have no problem with this man making an obscene amount of money. It's the fact that he was personally involved. Like, there were allegations against him. 
That's why I'm like, surely he'll end up going into like some sort of lawsuit litigation about something. But now he's at least got a shitload of money to defend himself with. If you ever have a, I mean, you never will. But like, it's it's an interesting read. Uh, Bobby Kotick saved Activision like in the '90s. Like he swooped in with like a little bit of money. They were on the fucking brink, and he single-handedly turned it around. And he's been the CEO for 30 plus years like you can be good at business and still be a piece of shit oh yeah but at the same time like sometimes that goes hand in hand honestly not to give him credit or anything but like there is a reason he is i guess taking 400 million dollars like there is a value again maybe that's wildly inflated but there is a value to the man let's say and apparently it's 400 million dollars yeah (laughs) it's probably much more than that that's just what he's getting from this sale yeah, I'm not giving him that much. That's what his... I don't know. <laughs> he's, the he's board probably worth much more than that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's keep it moving. So, Govinda, as to the broader implications of the deal, Xbox boss Phil Spencer has expressed his intent to keep Call of Duty, at least, on PlayStation and made the following comments to Bloomberg. Quote, I'll just say to players out there who are playing Activision Blizzard games on Sony's platform, it's not our intent to pull communities away from that platform, and we remain committed to that, end quote. Spencer also tweeted the following after the announcement. Had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honour all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. Phil Spencer. How do you feel about these little comments? Like, he's saying here that at least Call of Duty is, is going to remain multi-platform. So, I would, may, I would say that Call of Duty, I have to, I have to think that Overwatch is in there too. Um, but he also said we will uh, continue to agree all deals. And apparently, like, with the Activision side of Blizzard Activision, Sony has, like, indefinite deals with them. Yeah, okay. So, again, going back to how much they fucking spent on this acquisition... They have to keep it on multi-platform. <laughs> it's so much money to not yeah. to, to cut out half your market. More than half your market, I guess, because PlayStation is such a big side of the console market at this point. Uh, so it's in their best interest to keep things going to Sony. And that's why I think this was not an acquisition for the console war. It was an acquisition for the metaverse and something that Sony's probably not going to be a part of in, in any like fundamental way other than maybe having a VR headset. Yeah, right. Console, you know, I like. I can see a world in which Warzone remains on PlayStation, but they make like the new mainline Call of Duty Xbox exclusives. I could see that happening. <sighs> I guess, but like they're they're buying a studio for billions, and then they're spending millions making a game. Uh, at some point, as a as a business, I look at it. I'm like, how are you going to make money back? Like the the Bethesda acquisition was so much that someone did the numbers, and you would have to have like three to six million new Game Pass subscribers for you to Just even to get close to breaking even. And now you've got a deal that is 10 times more than that. I'm in the situation where a lukewarm take of mine is that in the next one to five years, Game Pass will be on PlayStation consoles. We're talking money. So let me round out. We've got one more little bit. So we'll, we'll get through that and then we'll sum it all up and we'll give our lukest warmest of takes. Are you ready? Ooh. The fallout from the news has been spectacular to behold. Sony's share price immediately fell by 13% following the announcement in a loss worth around $20 billion in its own right, but has since recovered and actually increased in value by 3% from its original position. Doomsayers in the industry have predicted this to be the beginning of an age of dominance for the green machine, which has for most of recorded history played second fiddle to PlayStation. 
A newly resurgent Game Pass bolstered by the prospect of franchises like Call of Duty, Hearthstone and Diablo looking to set a new industry standard and will likely signal the death of the current AAA pricing model. The move is insidious or inspired on so many levels and presents a headache for Sony. Consider Call of Duty, which is always one of the best-selling franchises on PlayStation each year. For every copy sold on PS4 or PS5, Sony gets a 30% cut and Microsoft takes the other 70 Check fucking mate. And that's why things are going to stay multi-platform. Well, yeah, think about that. That's a situation in which the more copies are sold on PlayStation, the more PlayStation is hurt. It's so wild. <laughs> they take those buckets of money and buy more franchises to increase the value of Game Pass. Oh, for sure. And I think that's where that's why I think it'll stay multi-platform is because you have Game Pass and that is your incentive to play it on Xbox. You pay 15 bucks a month and you get it day one. Whereas you can get a you can still have a PlayStation for sure, but it's gonna cost you 120 bucks Australian to buy Call of Duty if you want it. Mm. Why not buy an Xbox and spend 12 bucks a month and you can get it then? You know, and then that's why there's something where I'm like, they're gonna at some point just ruin PlayStation by putting Game Pass on PlayStation. <laughs> we do, it's worth noting, we there's like rumors we will find out about Project Spartacus this year, which is apparently PlayStation's response to yeah. Game Pass. I just know it from being a fan of this platform for so long. It's gonna underdeliver. It's not gonna be good enough. It's gonna be a little bit shit or something like. Uh, possibly, but again, like Microsoft has like what you would call in marketing speak the first mover advantage. They've had Game Pass out for a while. It's been kicking on for a while. So they've been able to iterate on it, and they've got all these studios that they can make. But that's kind of talking like how Netflix was the first mover advantage and no one was ever going to compete with them. And like a lot of people are getting rid of Netflix because there's other options and they're kind of sick of what is offered on Netflix and they want to go somewhere else and get Paramount Plus or Binge. We're talking in Australia. I'd be saying Hulu or HBO Go oh, yeah, in America yeah. right now. Uh, but now there's other offerings and it's not necessarily about one dominating the other, but more just having choice with the consumer. I will. That's fair. But as a rebuttal, all those streaming services offer similar services playstation can't even offer backwards compatibility and that's like a baseline of game pass like they can't give us like ps3 games or something yes, like well they haven't yet no they can playstation now offers ps3 games yeah it's not the same though you, they're not like, boosted it, 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 in the way that games pass it, games like run better and look better sure but it's not boosted but PlayStation for years is a pattern about backwards compatibility. It's, it essentially would be emulation on your console side. So there's patents out there for it. Maybe they're just waiting for now to release it. They are heavily on the back foot now and they know it. And PlayStation oh, yeah. historically on the back foot comes out swinging pretty hard. That's true. And the just... only thing that they need to do to make this appealing is one, they just, they just need to make all of their first party games day one on their streaming platform. And you just need to be able to download the games. And that if they don't let you download games, they blow it because that is the, that's the only differentiation between PlayStation now and whatever they're going to do with Project Spartacus. They could never make that mistake because they saw Stadia do it and they've seen Xbox do it with the original... Yeah, yeah, that's right. now, and people were like, streaming games is shit. Like, let me download yeah. <laughs> it. And I think even in America with PlayStation Now, you can download games. So it almost is the same sort of thing, but it's just the cost of it is up there. So they'd have to bring all of that down to be in line a little bit more. Uh, the only concern I have with them is like, if they do that with all their first party games, PlayStation, whatever they're going to call it, is going to be so appealing, but it's mm. going to decimate their bottom line. 
Well, it becomes, then if we're comparing streaming services, it becomes like the HBO to the exactly. fucking stand that is Microsoft. <laughs> exactly, like, right? Like it, 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 that's a legitimate comparison. Like you get yeah. this crazy quality of exclusive content with PlayStation and then Xbox is kind of the Netflix of just like, here's everything. Yeah, yeah. And that, that might be how it goes. And look, HBO is still kicking and they're kicking really strong and they still have that sense of like, you are the best like... Prestige. Cinematic, it's- cinematic... TV experience that there is. Like, home box office was what it was. So, there's a world where they both survive and they both exist. I don't think Sony's going anywhere. But I do see a situation where, just like I can buy an Apple TV that has the Apple TV Plus on it, but also has Netflix and Stan and Binge, everything is on that one box, I can see on my PlayStation having Steam and and Game Pass and whatever all on one box. And you just it's up to you what box you're buying to play it on. It's so funny, because I've, I've heard that take a lot this week and it's i just still can't even imagine it i just can't imagine it oh neither can i i think really it's so at the end foreign. of the day it's, <laughs> it's gonna be everyone owns a pc and playstation's game pass will be on pc xbox game pass will be on pc i don't know i don't want to be like a, a doomsday or either but maybe it's slowly <laughs> gonna be the end of like consoles they've talked about that for a long while and it does make sense Prob- like eventually not, it will. but maybe yeah i I don't know. That seems a while off. What I'm concerned about is I hope the knee-jerk reaction is for Sony to go out and make an acquisition. And I think that is the no wrong... Yeah, I think that is the wrong move. Like, consider even just the the cost of Bethesda. What was that? That was like $7 billion yeah. for Microsoft to acquire. Like, what if Sony took $7 billion and built from the ground up new first-party studios. I think that would be better than buying, say, Square Enix. I or... wouldn't even build first-party studios from scratch. I'd just buy some that exist and make good shit. Like, From Software is a no-brainer for PlayStation to buy, for Sony to buy. There is. I've but... seen a bit of that speculation where it's like, we could see a, sort of a closing of cultural ranks where like the Japanese companies go, oh, fuck. And oh, it's like... you're talking like World War Two. Game studio style. Yeah, absolutely. So what you're thinking, like Sega, Capcom, Square Enix. I guess Square Enix is a publisher at this point. Well, look, funny note. So Jeff Keighley of the Game Awards posted a list of publishers that are not acquired by Microsoft that I guess in theory could be and their valuations. So you've got EA, which is valued at about $38 billion. Take Two, which is uh, $18 billion. Nexon's $15 billion. Bandai Namco is $15 billion. Embracer, who I've never heard of before, is ten point eight billion. Yeah, I've heard of them. Who, who do you know what they do? I think they're like a conglomerate. I think they just own a shit ton of weird little studios. Yeah, okay. They've got a uh, Netmarble is seven billion. Ubisoft is seven billion. Konami is six billion. Square Enix is about five point six billion. Capcom is that all? That's wild. Yeah, dude. That's why I'm saying this is a huge acquisition. EA is half the valuation of what this acquisition was, and EA is gigantic. Uh, they've e- uh, EA Sports, dude, it blows my mind. Uh, rounding it off quickly, Capcom is four point nine billion, and Sega is three point six billion. You snap up all those Japanese studios, like you get like Sega, Bandai Capcom. Namco, Square Enix. You just get all that, and you would be so dominant to a very specific hardcore niche of people yeah. like me, and like yeah, like and- from software, like. And, and then you just I, keep us happy forever. <laughs> people were talking about like anti-competition laws in America. And I saw an article, I think it was on Forbes, that pretty much shot that down immediately and said, this is not... Anti-monopoly situation would be Microsoft buying Sony and PlayStation and then buying Nintendo. And that would be a monopoly in the gaming industry, right? But what yeah. they're calling this is that because 
Microsoft or Xbox is a console manufacturer, they're doing vertical integration by buying publishers and developers. So you're not having a monopoly on the consoles and they don't have Just a monopoly over well, they don't have a monopoly over the software either because you well, need to have true, over, yeah. I think it's over 30% market share of software, right? So that's probably not going to be an issue for them. But I, I think Sony buying publishers is not the answer. I don't think that's the answer at all. I don't think they have it in them, honestly. I don't think they have the market cap and the, <laughs> the money no, to throw not. around to be buying EA. Uh, hopefully, Microsoft doesn't keep doing that either because that's not. I don't think it's great for the consumer for Microsoft to own every publisher. You lose choice and you're forced into buying an Xbox. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this is going to be a developing story. We're going to, obviously... Do you even know when this is set to happen? I don't know uh, that I even looked it, into that. It is not... Not that I've seen. I haven't seen anything other than it's not set in stone yet. Yeah, my understanding is that Microsoft... Someone else can offer more. Microsoft will have the right of, like, you know, putting a higher bid. But, like, this is not set in stone. Like, someone else could swoop in. No Who's one will. more, dude. Take two, maybe. <laughs> Tencent? <laughs> Why not? Oh, yeah, I'd rather Microsoft buy it than Tencent. <laughs> Amazon, Google, any of these companies could do this and it would be... Imagine, imagine for a second, because there's like the only other company, oh, I guess there's a couple, Amazon has a shitload of money too, but imagine Apple's just like, no, we'll do it. Here's a hundred bill. Oh, do I like that? I don't know. I was like, that actually might be all right. But then I was like, yeah, it doesn't fit. I can't see Call of Duty being an Apple product. That's super weird. That's true. I can't either, but I could see WoW being an Apple product. Mm. It's one of the few MMOs you can play on a, on a Mac. <laughs> and no, Apple's never going to do it. They don't get into... They're not into gaming. But Amazon is into gaming and they do yeah. have the money. Fuck, so. the new world is a bad game too. I really tried. We should absolutely wrap up, Govinda, because you are going to have an apoplectic, perhaps even a epileptic fit when you see how much editing you're going to have to do. It's actually not too bad so far, based on all the shit we're going to have to cut out of this rab- rubbish anyway. It's actually 10 minutes. We'll be fine. We got this. It's all good, dude. All right. I'm going to do a final lukewarm take on uh, yeah. on the Activision Blizzard merger with Microsoft and Xbox. And I'm going to say, I don't really think I lost that much. Yeah, it's funny when you think about it. Like, for me... I have a PC, so I get all these games anyway. I actually have Game Pass. I like I unsubscribe every now and yeah. then, but like this isn't the end of the world. And that's the perk of Game Pass too, is like the ability to unsubscribe. Yeah. Like you can get it, you play what you want for the month, like Starfield comes out and you just play it and then you're like, I'm over it and you just unsubscribe and you're like, I played Starfield for $15. I suppose like my closing lukewarm take, and it's kind of piggybacking off you is as a PlayStation fan, this is weirdly positive because now PlayStation must respond. They must mm. do something and it's probably going to benefit me. This ultimately. feels very much like the E3 of 2011. Yeah, right. That disastrous showing. Yeah. Where Microsoft came out first and did something and then PlayStation went... And shit it was on. the... Um, yeah, it was the sharing of games. It was... They were DRM, like, all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. And they were just like, oh, you're going to do that? Yeah, we're going to make this way better. Yeah, and it was just they literally literally hand a disc to the other and go, that's how you share on PlayStation. Because sure, <laughs> the green machine has not dominated since Xbox 360, and it was because of that E3 that they haven't. 
Yeah, it was right. the worst E3 for them to lose, I think. But anyway. <laughs> this has been episode 34 of Long Live Play, and arguably it's going to go down in history as a big turning point because we are no longer going to be publishing on Wednesday. This is going to be your last Wednesday episode, so lap it up because you're going to be waiting nine days for the next one, babies. Oh, I didn't even think of that. What what a fucking disaster for you, loyal listener, to not and hear these dulcet tones. I know, right? No, no, what no, a no, disaster no. for our podcast analytics, because it's going to look like people don't like us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you do like the podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us greatly, apparently. I don't know if that's real, but that's just what the people say. Yeah. If you want to find us on socials, Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok, which is, we'll see how that goes. That's a project better than the other two, but <laughs> it's going to be at Long Live Pod on all of those platforms. I've been me. He's been him. Oh, wait. Really quickly. Do you have anything you want to apologize for? You're sorry about? Um, Is that a thing? No. No, not today. I'm hot as balls and I have to leave. So I'm going to go. Please review us. Five stars only, though. If you're going to give us four stars, don't <laughs> even bother. Yeah, Peace. no, it's perfect right now. It's perfect. Peace out. Goodbye.